I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. You're listening to Church Mag Podcast 56. Yeah, I'm looking through uh, Pexels right now, and on the front page, I'm seeing some images I'm pretty sure I've, I saw originally on Unsplash. Yeah, of course. It's not like anybody can just go out and get the photo, right? When you talk about a stock photography thing, then everybody uses it. And I wonder how much of that is a good thing and how much of that is a bad thing. This week's podcast is brought to you by 30 Days of Instagram for Churches. Author and photographer Chris Wilson will walk you through your first 30 days of Instagram, getting you in your church or ministry started using Instagram. Visit churchmagpress.com to learn more about 30 Days of Instagram for Churches. On this week's podcast, we'll be joined by Church Mag Press staff writer Chris Wilson as we talk about the value of photography and photos used in digital media. If you want to join the conversation, use the hashtag CMAGCast. We would love to hear from you. But before we jump into the conversation, let's listen to this week's Church Mag Pro Tip from Jonathan Mom. Hey guys, Jonathan Mom here with another quick ministry tip. Today's tip is all about questions you should ask yourself before hitting print. So you've designed a beautiful flyer for your church. It's either to promo a series or a special event. You've put in the work to reach your community the best way possible. But now's the time you need to do a second check to make sure everything will reflect well on your church. These are five questions you should ask yourself before hitting print on your design piece. First, can any of the text be read in a different context? Weird context. Uh, One senior citizen's ministry at my church advertised an adult board game night. That obviously wasn't what they were going for, and it probably was read the way it shouldn't have been read. Uh, really, they wanted a, a board game night for people that weren't children or teenagers. But they advertised adult board game night. Not a great way to do it. Uh, so you might have a pure mind, but your potential readers probably don't. Run your graphic by a teenage boy to see if it passes the giggle test. If they giggle or hide a smile, you might want to rethink the wording. Second, did I remember to put the church name on the piece? It doesn't matter how great your marketing piece is if nobody knows who it's for. Third, did you remove all filler text? For instance, lorem ipsum? Lorem ipsum is really helpful, but make sure you actually got content before you hit print and send it to thousands of people. Fourth, did you remember to buy the stock photo? Nothing says cheap like an iStock photo or a light stock watermark on your print piece. Make sure you bought the image and that you replaced the low-res proof version in your PSD. Finally, Are there any unfortunate typos? We released a devotional book for our series at our church. Unfortunately, we listed 30 scripture verses for our congregation to medicate on. Oops. Typos are nearly impossible to eliminate, at least 100% of the time. Just make sure it isn't an obvious one. So there's the tip. Make your print pieces awesome by giving them that final checkup. I want to encourage you to check out my two books for church creatives. The first one is Created for More, a 30-day devotional to help you start seeing your life more creatively. And there's Unwelcome, 50 ways you can make your church more welcoming. Grab them on Amazon or iBooks. Last night, well, not just last night, but the last couple days, Jeremy has had some sick kids. And... um, uh, wh- whether he would be arriving at 5.30 a.m. Mountain Time to record the podcast with us today uh, was kind of up in the air. And maybe he'll join us um, at some point here in the podcast. If, if he chimes in, then, of course, he'll be part of the conversation. But let's go ahead and, and get started here. Eric Dye here on the Church Meg Podcast, along with Phil Schneider, who... Phil, exactly where are you located in the world? Uh, I am in Illinois, in, uh, in the United States. Yeah, I know you're in Illinois, but where in Illinois? 
I, okay, okay. More specific. Like, can you do a shout out? Can you be like Justin Wise and be all about your city? Oh, sure. What up, Bethalto? <laughs> so See, you, you never heard of it. See, it's the it, it hits you like what? What? Did oh you know why? Gosh. He's the only one in the world. I the the name it just it gets me every time. Um, it's not it's not Springfield. Like there's like a thousand of them. You know, no Bethalto. I don't know. It just seems like when you're saying you're in the United States, you need to be more specific. I don't know why. Maybe because if you say state, it's not such a big deal. I don't know. If I'm from Texas, I'd say, "Hey, where are you from, Texas?" And that's enough. Anybody else? Like, where are you from? The U.S. You should just not say the state and just say Bethalto. And then they'll be like, no, "Oh, you're from you're from it's, Russia." It's Bethalto. It's, oh, Bethalto. Here's what it is. We, we, this is great. Here's here's a great story for you. Right, this is riveting. So, story time. when the town was chart was going to be chartered, they were called Bethel. But Illinois already had a Bethel, and they had a post office. So the, so, the, so the government said, no, you can't do that. There's already officially a Bethel, Illinois. And the town next door was Alton. So, like, fine, we'll be Beth Alto. I love that story. Yeah, there you go. It's good the stuff. Story. So, Illinois. Do you just say Illinois or Illinois? Just- <laughs> don't, don't, don't read. Don't say the S. Don't say the S. Don't say the S. Illinois. It's French. That makes sense. Okay. What did I say? You said Illinois. Really? You sure did. Yeah. Here's what it, here's what it is. No. I believe in French. It's Illinois. You believe in French? I, I speak Spanish, bro. Um, I think. Uh, is this not Spanish? Um, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Chris knows Illinois. Spanish. It, which was a French pronunciation of, an, of a, the Native Americans who lived here. Um, when the when the English and Germans rolled in, uh, we started calling it Illinois, and then folks in Missouri next door to be jerks call it Illinois. To be jerks, so, which is fine because we call we call Missouri Misery. So there you go. Hmm. But I grew up in Colorado. Moving along, geography now, jokes. Hey, here we go. Now, <laughs> you know, you both know Spanish, so maybe part of the episode you guys could just dialogue in Spanish. Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, the, I do. I, yeah, my Spanish okay. is not that good. I'm sure your accent does better than mine because you actually lived in Spain for all, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, but my my accent is extra Maduran accent, so it's like really horrible. Like they don't say the s's at the ends of the words, and uh, it's really nasal, like in Andalusia as well. So, so yeah, it's and my, and my accent is a really corrupt Colombian accent. So when <laughs> my teacher was Colombian, and so I had a really like corrupt Colombian accent. This whole visual Phil is very, very scary to me. I just want you to know. Just like six foot eight, three hundred pounds. I like I'm a corrupt Phil. Colombian. Oh, yeah, I'm a corrupt Colombian. Mad yeah. Colombian. I just I'm so scared right now. Well my my teacher was she's a sweet lady, but she was all a four foot tall and you did not cross her. I mean, she just had that air about her that said basically not that hey I'll kill you if you if you mess up, but uh you don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And th- this has now turned into the longest introduction. But the story was good. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was a good story, Phil. It was an okay story. It was okay. All right. There's still time. Um, I'm in Italy, and Chris, where are you? Tell everyone where you at. Uh, you, clearly, everyone's hearing you and thinking, "Oh, cool. He lives near Doctor Who." Yeah, me, 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 and Doctor Who. We're we're best friends. Uh, he comes to visit all the time. Uh, but of course, you know, he's got a box that he can travel through time and space. So I, I'm actually in Krakow, Poland. So. so we are like spanning the globe right now. We would have, we would have, um, Jeremy in Colorado, um, on at the same time, we'd be spanning 
three countries. Okay, three three countries and four time zones. It would be pretty impressive. Maybe he'll come on yeah. later. It'll be a new a new podcasting uh, church mag podcasting record. We do need it. We do need uh, get somebody um, in Asia Pacific. You know, just like uh, get an Aussie on or a Kiwi or somebody like that down there. I wonder. I wonder where the listeners are. You know, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you have access to Twitter or some sort of uh, some sort of social media that you can use a hashtag, just hashtag CMAGCast, CMAGCast, and tell us uh, where you're listening to us from. You know, yeah, that would be kind of cool. Woo hashtag. I'm like your I'm a, Eric. I'm gonna be your hype man. All right, every time you just you say a sentence, I'm like going yeah or listen up, y'all. I just throw it in there like that. <laughs> you can you're gonna bring your uh, your your St. Louis. Um, inner city ministry skills to the table it, 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 it was east st louis because it was still on the illinois side but the, yeah the, the sure. where the, the which side you just said illinois, illinois. It's, you said illinois st. st louis is in missouri east st louis is in illinois Phil, you just said illinois no I did not i said illinois side oh okay you said illinois, illinois side, side oh, okay. of the river. all right well i'll have to it blend it because it blended because i've got a very fluid voice it's like as, as jay said last week <laughs> i've got a voice it's very smooth and intimidating. A very fluid voice. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't. What are we talking? It's like, about? A thick, it's like a thick syrup being poured over your ears. This is the problem. We we don't have Jeremy here to keep us um, pushing. And the Jeremy's drive. not here to make me feel bad for using humor as a defense mechanism. I, so I'm just going to keep doing it. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, that's right. We we we, uh, we thought we would bring Chris on because Chris is uh, one of the Church Mag staff writers, and his his niche and his awesomeness has a lot to do with reviewing apps because he loves apps on all sorts of things, and he likes to review them and does an awesome job. And then he also does really well with productivity. The dude like knows all the productive productive product. Blah, 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 blah productivity hacks and all that neat stuff so if i if i have a question about an app or anything like that i just always automatically ask chris because i figured he knows he also is an outstanding photographer and he has done um some awesome series of photos that we've been giving away free uh to uh, church mag subscribers to use you know in church bulletins websites blog posts whatever free free to use uh photos that are really top notch um so photography is, is his thing too i think we're going to just have to add photography to your long list of church mag uh, staff writer expertise, Chris. I'm just thinking out loud here. Wow, no pressure there then. <laughs> so, uh, no pressure whatsoever. So, you know, focus focus that camera extra hard the next time you're taking uh, a picture. Yeah. <laughs> so we want we were going to talk a little bit about the value of photography. Uh, you had some you had some definite thoughts about that. Yeah, I thought I thought it was we were coming up with ideas what to talk about in in the Slack room while we were slacking. Um, which is, you know, good productivity uh, tip there. Slack in the Slack room. I, I gotta lo- you got to love the verb and how they set that up. Yeah. Know, slacking. Definitely. Um, and, we, and we're, you know, coming up with ideas. And um, so we're talking about some of the photo stuff that we're doing and, um, and sort of connected with that, like the value of the images. And I th- think it, it would be nice if I explained a bit why we, uh, why we decided to give away some of these images for people to use. Um, and, and I think it like reflects a lot of what we're about at church mag. Um, because perhaps some people see like, Oh, we've become number, we're up to number 23 in the top church sites from uh, the list that relevant put together. And they think, oh, wow, you know, 
those guys, they're, they're doing a really good job and, you know, they've got adverts on the site and, you know, it must make a ton of money. But the truth is, like, it doesn't, does it, Eric? It doesn't make... No, no, it doesn't. Like, bucket loads. <laughs> um, and, and, like... We, uh, although we get paid, I'm, I'm sure that uh, Phil would agree that like we don't. I I don't do it for the money. Like the money <laughs> does not really. Uh, like I, if I wanted to do it something for the money, I would not do writing for Church Mag. Yeah, I'd go back into male modeling like I did before. <laughs> well, with a, with a beard like that. And, and I'm not going to question your modeling skills at all, Phil. I would never challenge a man of your stature, ever. But I will say that, <laughs> that you know, and I've written about it before on Church Mag. Clearly, no one's making a lot of money doing Church Mag, but it's the, it's the, it's the spirit. It's the, kind of like the spirit of the thing. You know, we, we, we pay what we can for what for what people write because we value their time and we, we want to say, hey, this is of value. So we're going to give you as much as we can for it because we, we recognize what you've put into it, right? Right. Yeah. Like there's that, Michael Hyatt says uh, about interactions with people. You do for some what you wish you could do for everyone. I guess that's kind of a bit like some of the pay stuff. You know, we pay you pay something because even though you can't pay loads, like it's, it's, uh, it's like saying your time's valuable. And like, so we're gonna, we're gonna make, uh, we're gonna pay you something, even if it's not tons. No, I would agree. And and for me, like I, I am a writer. It's kind of what I do. Um, it's just part of how I got, I was wired. So for me, I'm going to write anyway. I, if I get paid, that's even better. Yeah, I'm, I would second that as well. And uh, so, like, going into the photo stuff, like, we wanted to, to make these, uh, like, I, I started doing a bit of photography last year, and I wanted to really push myself as well. And I'd seen that there were, you know, some sites around that were giving away uh, photos for free. But, you know, all those, the same photos just kept appearing in blog posts. I don't know if you've seen this where, like, you know, Unsplash put out a new set of 10 photos. And then within the next couple of days, you just see them being plastered all across the internet on posts, which they are just not connected to in any way, shape or form. It's a true story. And, um, and Jeremy, Jeremy is among the, uh, among the living now. So we, you can jump in now. You don't have to be quiet, Jeremy. It's okay. You don't have to just text. We, we talked about you when we started and said we were hoping that you would join so that we would have all four of us would be on two continents in four different time zones. He's just going to be quiet. Jeremy. He's, he's put himself in the corner. He's, he's, oh, I'm muted. I was muted. <laughs> oh. I'm, in, I'm still in the time zone of being a parent. Oh. <laughs> it's more like a time warp, not a time zone. <laughs> So as you can, as you can, here we have Jeremy Smith um, on the podcast. Now we talked to you at the beginning. We said nice things. I promise. <laughs> uh, you're 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 uh, have, have your hands full with the little ones and, and being sick and everything. We were just talking with Chris here about the value of photography. So we can go ahead and pick up, and uh, somebody can say something so that Jeremy has something to push back against. No pressure there. Uh, controversial statement number one. <laughs> <laughs> Colorado sucks. <laughs> Mountains are terrible. <laughs> Everyone's high in Colorado. I'm thinking of Nacho Libre. 
I hate all the orphans. <laughs> Say it again. Say it to my face. <laughs> that was out of left field, but I loved it. That's how we do. Hey, if anyone else wants to join in the conversation, use the hashtag CMAGCast. <laughs> Free to use that too to rebuke us online as well if you need to. Tell us how much you guys hate the orphans, too. <laughs> Tell us what things you hate at CMAGCast. What things does God promise to protect and defend that you hate as well? What were we talking about again? I forget. We were talking about value of photos. Oh, no, you were... Oh, that's right. Chris was saying how all the free photos that you can find online are identical. Some of them are Church Mag, uh, Church Mag Press ebook covers. Some of them are on blog posts. Some of them are on your blog, on your blog, and on your blog. So I just recently wrote about the idea of we don't need another Church Mag. And in that, I... I talked about the idea of Church Mag shares a stock photo company that's online. You, you had to bring up that post again, didn't you? <laughs> I did. And the idea I said on it was if we talk about a stock photography thing, then everybody uses it. And I wonder how much of that is a good thing and how much of that is a bad thing because we want to be resources to people. And so that's the whole idea of me wanting to join on with Church Mag is to be a resource for the church. And yeah, I think that when people find something that's free and nice, they just latch onto that. So from at least from the stock photography world, because there's a whole layer there of creativity, of understanding design and trying to promote stuff for your church. I think from a local church, everybody uses the same thing. Nobody's going to go from your church to the next church and realize, oh my goodness, they're using the same stock photography. What in the world? But online... Chris, from your your understanding of, of stock photography, how should we approach that well? Like, if people are going to use your stock photography, if people are wanting to do that, but not to overwhelm the idea of we're just using what everybody else is using, how do we do that well? Well, well I think there's a, there's a few aspects. Like, one of the things which is, is uh, one of the trends is that people go for the free ones, and there's lots of uh, free resources out there uh, I mean, there are tons of lists now that you can find which have like Creative Commons Zero uh, stock photography websites and uh, people will go to them. But not all of them are appropriate for for churches, really. Like some of them, are, you know, those sites tend to go towards, you know, beautiful sunsets, uh, coffee shop photos and um Yes, and, and landscape scenes. They don't tend towards uh, things that you might want to use for your church message of things um, such as you know religious uh, imagery um, or stuff like that. So, so I think that's that's an issue first of all because um, because you can end up just using a photo because it's a good photo, and and sometimes it works. You know those. Uh, Bible verse images that you see coming around. Yeah, it can be nice on an inspiring background. Although, even if you, <laughs> although we've shared our feelings about that in the past, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it's made worse by the fact that a lot of these uh, new stock photo sites just rip off each other. Like um, Pexels is, I think, a great example of this, which um, just takes loads of stock photos, uh, takes loads of photos from other photo sites, and then, but has a really good, a fairly good search engine. So it's 
much more useful than other ones. Um, so I think one of the issues that we have is that uh, people are using free things rather than uh, necessarily good things. And that's, o- that's okay if you're like a small church and you've got really tight budgetary concerns. Um, but, you know, sometimes they're just wild. They're just completely almost off point. I've seen some really, have you seen any of these examples? Like where someone uses a really bizarre image in a blog post that just confuses you. Like what on earth has this got to do? I've seen uh, very weird images used behind verses in the Bible. Like, yeah. like I've done a few, I've been doing a, I've been experimenting the past few weeks with um, quotes and verses uh, on my website with, you know, like text on images. And I, I spend 30, 40 minutes trying to find an image that in some way at least communicates the mood I want people to have, you know, the, like the mood of the verse as, as I read it. And then I'll see somebody share one and I don't know what app they're sharing it from, but like it's a bubble verse on a picture of a tree and there's there's no connection to the tree in the text. And I feel like that's probably a lot of what churches do as far as worship whenever they have the backgrounds for the lyrics. I absolutely hate Mm. that. Just put the text on the screen. I just Pro no, presenter, yeah, we've got a pro presenter, and there's talk of they want to do motion backgrounds, but uh, I'm colorblind, and I, that, that junk just bothers the heck out of me. And that's something that should be considered because a, a decent population um, of the world is colorblind. So, it, it, while a minority, there's still plenty of people that struggle with that, and there is a fine line between good, solid. Uh, immersive experience and presentation and just flash and trash because we can. Exactly. I hate that because we can mentality. Mm-hmm. That's okay. We're off track now, but that just, uh, sorry, you mentioned that and that's one of the things that just uh, sets me off. Right. Well, and, and I, I think some of the stuff that Chris has outlined is why we've, why we gave Chris's photos away to church mag subscribers and we just didn't put them out um, free on a website so that they could be picked up by Pexels and places like that. That was one of Chris's concerns when we when we when we cooked up this idea in the first place to do these kind of more church centric or you know uh, creating these photos was so that they wouldn't be picked up by Pexels uh, and different websites like that and and because Chris didn't want to see his photos just plastered all over the internet using all sorts of strange ways and so it was a way to kind of filter the user base a little bit it was more than just that like I, I at the same time I accepted as soon as we put them out I was like well you know People are going to use this. Uh, if I want people to be able to use this as a resource in their churches with, you know, sort of few, uh, uh, few or, or on their blog posts without worrying about the legal issues around it, then then we're going to have to make it so that people may abuse it. And, you know, a group like uh, another site may just take all the images, put them up, kind of suggest that they've uh, made this themselves and then, plaster adverts all around them or ask for donations to help it keep going and stuff like that and like yeah there are and it let's be honest there are there are some groups which are just which are like that and it feels to me it feels a bit sleazy like i i feel that the pexels approach so like i'm calling out pexels a lot but they're not the only one um i feel that their approach is kind of they they keep to the letter of the law with creative Commons zero but uh, yeah, the whole point is to 
is to like support artists and to show off their work and stuff like that. And yet they seem to just be kind of suggesting we did this, you know, and really their main their main value proposition is that they've got loads of photos which they've taken from out. Their main value proposition is they're a search engine, really. And like what that's what Google is, but I don't know, like they feel uh, but there are other groups like uh, Freely, if we want to talk about them, which we've covered, like that, that uh, they seem to have unique photos, which you don't find elsewhere. They're religiously themed. They're Christian themed. And uh, they are uh, they're good quality as well. If you look at them, like uh, the people who are taking them know how to take a photo. They're not just sort of mum and pop iPhone snap or whatever. And, uh, like, uh, they're obviously looking to support that site through advertising. And I think they're doing a great job. If I saw my photos end up on Freely, I would not, uh, I wouldn't mind that much because they're uh, clearly adding uh, value to what's going on and they're providing a service, I think. Unlike some of these other ones where they do just seem to be ripping off uh, other people and claiming it as their own work. Yeah, I'm looking through uh, Pexels right now, and on the front page, I'm seeing some images I'm pretty sure I've, I saw originally on Unsplash. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and and as Chris is saying all this, and like Chris said, he's not knocking Pexels, he's just using that as an example. That's my go-to because of the search engine. Yeah. When I'm looking for Creative Commons Zero, when I'm using stuff for blog posts, then that's when I use Compfight and I use the, um, I'm not sure which level of Creative Commons. I have to check usually because some, some images with Creative Commons and, and when I use Compfight as the search, again, we're talking about the search engine Compfight, right? Because ultimately that's what it comes down to is the strength of the search engine to be able to, to find which image you want to use. Um, I have to check the Creative Commons license to see, is this, can I just only use the image or can I add text to it? And so I have to kind of do that little bit of research, which churches should be doing. Um, and we've covered that before. Maybe that's a topic for another time. Um, but uh, uh, like I said, you, we're not picking on Pexels. I use it all the time. It is a good search engine. Uh, but it does say something about the value of photography. And we talk about what we talk about, you know, it gets exposure for the photographer, but no one knows who this photographer is, right? That's very true. Yeah, but like Pexels does have, uh, it does say where they get their photos from. So if you click on an individual photo, it will tell you this was from Unsplash or this was from uh, Gratisography or, or wherever. Um, and then if you go le- there, like if you go to Unsplash, you can see like the photographers uh, who, for each individual photo and you can see uh, their profile and how to connect with them. So there is a bit of a mission to get uh, exposure for them. And also Unsplash is connected with uh, a different marketing company, I believe. And so I think, uh, you know, I don't know how they're supporting people, but they could actually be financially supporting people uh, for creating this resource in a sort of open source mentality. I, I don't know. I can't say. That. Uh, Unsplash is um, it's a side project from a company. Yeah, I, I don't think they pay their photographers. I think photographers donate the photos kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so- Unsplash is from a company who uh, I believe cause I remember signing up when they first came out and they were they created the, the site because they are tired of terrible photos. Um, there were were no good free stock images and then so they they started their their site yeah and that's the other side like a lot of 
if you go to paid stock companies, then you find really, really, really cheesy photos, <laughs> and and they can get overused as well because you know you type into the search engine, uh, whatever. Uh, I don't know, CEO, and then the same pictures come up or whatever. Right, but and when you get into the Christian space, it's even it's even more that way. And then and then again, as far as premium photos or you know images that you pay for in the Christian space, the the, the it's even more limited. Yeah, light stock. Jeremy, what Jeremy, what would you say as far as the impact this has from a church marketing? Um, messaging kind of perspective when it comes to the photography that you use? I think digitally it's a whole different world than necessarily the marketing that happens within the church. And I think that a lot, I think we are focused a lot on what happens online. And so I think that that it's great to just section those two things out. But from a marketing standpoint online, for me, it's really just about the intention. I think Chris has already said it really well, the idea of just simply understanding why you're using what you're using um, does it connect with the actual story that you're trying to tell? And for me, that's huge. And I, I know that there's a lot of people out there that, um, who is it? Someone online talks about the idea of quit using other people's stock photography because you have a whole church to draw from. And they just simply say, if the people on your website are not the people that are in your congregation or community, then you're doing it wrong. And so they, they basically push the idea that you need to be marketing well with people that are in your congregation because you need to be showing off their story, their faces, because that's ultimately what it's about. Um, and, and I have a little bit of an issue with that in the sense that I don't think that it's just that hard cut, um, but I get where they're coming from and the idea that you're not telling a story at that point. You're just simply trying to recreate someone else's work in that process. And so I think that stock photography is something that you can use for, um, however you're approaching marketing in general, but I think that a lot of times all that stuff comes from in-house and it doesn't have to be uber professional, but it also doesn't have to be something where um, you're spending hours and hours refining because I know, Chris, you spend a lot of time just kind of coming up with ideas in the post for the stuff that a church audience, a church staff person doesn't have that time to do. Yeah, like coming back at that a bit, pushing back, yeah, brilliantly. Um, the, one of the assumptions I think that you see a lot more now online is that you know anyone can do can take good f- photos, and partially it's true, but there's a bit of uh, a bit of a false assumption there. Like it, it's true that even with like modern smartphones, you can take a good photo with them. Some some great artists do amazing photos from just a smartphone, but. Mm. Uh, you know, if you just go out, if the average person goes out with their smartphone, they're not going to take a photo as good as some of like, if you see the, do you remember the Apple showed off, you know, shot with iPhone six photos and some of those are incredible, but the people who are taking those photos have spent a lot of time, uh, knowing, learning about lighting, learning about composition and stuff like this. And, you know, maybe in your church, you don't have someone who knows all about that. And uh, that's one of the problems. People kind of just see these photos and it's like, oh, I've got a decent camera. I can take a good photo for sure. And then, you know, the photo doesn't come out right. And it's like, oh, what's wrong? Well, mm-hmm. maybe my camera has a bug. And really, they ju- it's just because they don't know how to use the camera uh, fully or something like this. And that's kind of 
one of the bigger, even bigger issues, which isn't just church specific, is that uh, there are so many photos online, so many people have cameras, and that now uh, a good photo is not seen as a valuable thing because it, there's this assumption, oh, I've got a good camera, I can just do that, and it ignores the skill of the artist. And it's not just photos as well, it's other things yeah. too. And I think in the background of my mind, I'm thinking about when I was doing youth ministry, I never did anything planned out unless it was curriculum based or um, trying to plan for events. And so the marketing of what I was doing in ministry was always last minute. Oh, I need to get that on Facebook. Oh, I need to make sure they know about that in the school announcements, stuff like that. And so if it's stock photography, you're up the creek without a paddle because it's not something you just pull together and ask your entire congregation to come together so that you can create an image. And I think that that's a difficult thing as well. Right. And I, I think I think Chris had, had some great points there. When you said an artist goes out with an iPhone, the key right there is you said an artist. And and having pro tools doesn't guarantee pro results. That is, that is unfortunately sometimes a misconception um, that that we often have. They, they don't. They're not equal to each other. Um, like you said, you know, understanding composition and stuff like that. Um, and, and when you proposed this idea, Chris, this this photo project that that we're doing this year um, for the the church mag subscribers getting these these photo sets and i will make them available in the future in another format or another because i think they really are valuable and they are unique one of the things that you said in coming up with this project was you said i would like more practice and projects to get to become a better photographer so i mean you you have you even you who are are taking great pictures right recognize that you want to uh do better get better and 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 really you know hone and and craft and i think that that is a a a, a good place to be as a photographer to understand that w- where you are now and where you could be and that you want to work work towards that and become better and so you know like jeremy said you don't have a lot of time to prep and stuff like that it's not like anybody can just go out and get the photo right if you want it to look good it has to be somebody who has invested the hours i mean you've taken some weekends to take these photo sets that we've made available chris yeah yeah it's it's definitely like it it is time consuming and coming up with the ideas and trying to work out what uh what would be valuable for churches to have it can be a struggle because uh, you know, in a way, you're thinking about all these different people who may have all these different needs. And, uh, it's, it, you know, over the paradox of choice, you've got so much choice that how do you choose and stuff like that. So uh, actually, if, if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, you know, we really struggle to find images on this or images on that, it would be great if you could send us a message uh, and then we can try and prepare some extra sets for you based off those things because that's one of the opportunities we have to do which you you don't get from a site like um unsplash or something we can kind of be semi-commissioned for you we can't promise uh to to get those images done or to do them straight away but we can at least try and do it much more than uh some other groups can and chris is doing this out of the goodness of his heart to the point that i was what was it i had a post coming up oh the Church Mag top blog articles, and Chris is like, "What did you need? I can get you an image if you need to." And I, so I think it's it's important just to know that there's resources out there for you. What, however you go about it, 
you just have to be intentional. And I think that that's tough. And this is coming from someone that did ministry and was not intentional with how they did it for a long time. Exactly. And always looking for the opportunity to to hone his craft. Because a lot of times, that's what you really need to work on a craft like photography or web design. You need an actual project that has a, a desired outcome at the end, not just making stuff up randomly, right? Yeah, definitely. Like uh, One of the challenges I'm trying to do uh, in my free time for the photography is to... Like, like copy masters of different styles, you know, try and take photos as they would. So I've done like a while back, I took a selfie like Vivian Mayer, if you've ever heard of her. She was this nanny who did uh, black and white selfies in windows, like in the, the way back when. Uh, so I'm tr- so like, I'm trying to push myself with other personal projects on the side and it's much more effective than just, you know, going out and going, oh, I'll just take pictures of what I see. And it's almost always the same. You know, you walk the same path, you see the same bridge. You, I've taken a picture of the bridge near my house like a hundred times. <laughs> nice bridge, though. It is a good bridge. <laughs> a picture is worth a thousand words and some people have nothing to say. Thank you for joining this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed your stay. You can join the discussion via Twitter by using hashtag CMAGCast. You can also send us comments and questions to podcast at churchmag. And as always, we love iTunes reviews. Until next week. I'm not a photographer. That's why I wasn't saying much. I'm one of those guys out with a smartphone going, I can do this. Tilted at 13 degrees. Uh, (laughs) Boom. Basically, he's taking a bunch of notes. Is that picture blurry? That's okay. It's it's right. It's artistic. It's okay. <laughs> the Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on Buzzsprout.com. Are we recording this? Because we're wasting time if we're not.